Daniels has a procedure tomorrow, so if you'd pray for her. Melissa Carey also has a procedure tomorrow as well. And then Brother Johnny Wallace's mother is nearing heaven, and I know they're asking you to pray for her, as uh, Bobby Merle also has uh, seemed to be moving that direction as well. So if you'd just be in prayer for them, I know they would appreciate that. All right, if you have your Bible, um, I want you to go to the book of Philemon this evening. And uh, I thought that I would try to finish Philemon tonight, but as I began to study, I thought, well, you know, I, I think probably I need to have one more sermon out of Philemon, so there'll be one more after this one. And uh, I've just kind of gotten, I, I've enjoyed the book of Philemon, and uh, it's given me a lot of instruction. I hope it has for you. Um, God gave us the Bible to teach us how to live in this world. And uh, certainly he wants you to follow the scripture. If you look there in Philemon, we ended with the salutation that is being written, verses 23, 24, and 25. There salute the Epaphras. We said he was a common man who made a difference. My fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, a zealot that got mature and made a difference. Aristarchus, a very faithful friend. And tonight, tonight I'm going to look at Demas. Now, I do want you to notice that Demas and Lucas are always mentioned together. I, I believe, I, I, I do not believe that Demas was a lost man. Um, Demas, I believe, is listed with the saints. He's always listed in relationship to the Apostle Paul. And he's always listed in relationship to Luke, the beloved physician. Luke, writing the book of Acts in Luke, God used him to do that. And uh, he's, I believe he's part of the saints. And he's also a servant. If you look there, the Bible says in verse 24, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. So at some point, Demas did what Brother Mason did. Now, whether he got fired or not, or whether he lost something, all we know is, is that at one point in his life, he decided that he was going to be involved in the gospel ministry with the Apostle Paul. And he became a fellow laborer. He had to surrender his future. He had to surrender his will to God. So he certainly, I believe he was saved. I believe he was a servant. And I think he knew the scripture. I, I do not doubt that Demas knew the Bible. How many of you think if you traveled two years with the Apostle Paul, you'd probably know a little bit about the Bible? You think? I doubt Paul talked about politics very much. I doubt Paul talked too much about sports. I doubt that he really cared all much conversation about food. Some of the things that I enjoy, I really don't think Paul would have cared at all about. And I believe, I believe that if you would have traveled with Paul, you'd have known the Bible. I believe you'd have to heard the scripture. Now that being said, two years after you read Demas' name here, two years, 2 Timothy chapter 4, would you turn there? His name is mentioned three times, once in the book of Colossians, once in the book of Philemon, and then once in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, two years after we read about him being a fellow laborer, a saint, someone that was with the Apostle Paul, certainly involved in the scripture and the ministry in serving. Verse number 10, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. And that's the last thing we read about a man by the name of Demas. Can I ask you a question tonight and be practical about what we're preaching? I know there are a lot of people that aren't named Demas that have done exactly what Demas has done. Demas 
a saved man, a man involved in ministry, a man that knew the Bible, and at some point in his life, the Bible says, hath forsaken me having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica. How many of you think that you know somebody that would fit that bill? You don't have to raise your hand. Somebody that you know that at one time was engaged in serving the Lord. Born again. Somebody that worshiped God. And now, for whatever reason, now they're no longer in that same position. And so many times the question I have asked and I've heard others preach on, why did Demas forsake the Apostle Paul? And if you look at that word, and is departed, do you see that word in your Bible? Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. The first time you find the word depart in the Bible, Abraham is departing at the word of the Lord. In other words, God tells Abraham, Abraham, I've got some place I want you to go. And Abraham pays attention to God. How many of you think we ought to be paying attention to God's direction for our life? Well, here, here the Bible says that Demas hath departed unto Thessalonica, yet God's not mentioned at all. In fact, 1 Timothy chapter 4 says that in the latter days or in the last times that men, men would depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In other words, there would be many people that would depart, that they would leave the place that they were raised, that they would leave the place that they once stood. I would say tonight, before we start throwing rocks at somebody like Demas, I, I, I want to ask God to help me. I don't want to be a Demas. Because I think in our mind, we read about somebody like Demas and we say, well, what a shame. Demas forsook the Lord. And, and I would just never do that. I would never, ever leave the Lord. I would never leave a Bible-believing church. I would never leave my ministry that God has given me. I would never do that. And I don't think if you were to ask Demas two years prior included in that letter to Philemon. If you were to ask him, Demas, what do you think about ministry? I love it. Demas, what do you think about the way you're using your life? I love the way God's directing my life. Demas, what are your plans for the future? I plan to follow Jesus and I plan to follow and work with the Apostle Paul the rest of my days, but he didn't do it. Somewhere along the line, those things changed. And I think that's the key word I want you to look with me at the first thing there in verse number 10. The first thing that changed was his labor. For Demas hath forsaken me. Now it doesn't say he forsook the Lord, he forsook Paul. And we know Paul is engaged in the ministry, he's laboring. And so at some point, Demas forsook the labor of the gospel with the apostle Paul. He turned his back on it. He used to do this, and I'm, I'm working in this way, and I'm following this way, and I'm getting out the gospel, and I'm traveling with the Apostle Paul, and we're going into cities and preaching, and, and we're going into cities and ministering, and we're trying to get the gospel out. I'm, I'm headed this way, but then at some point, he turns his back and he says, I'm not going that way anymore. It's just exactly the opposite of the testimony you heard tonight. A man that went to Clemson. Did y'all did hear that, did you? I'll say that again. A man that went to Clemson. There's your opportunity. He went to Clemson and he got a degree and he started in a business and he thought, this is what I'm going to do with my life. He didn't say how successful he was, but this is what I'm going to do with my life. He's headed this way, but then he bumps into God and God says, no, I want you to forsake that and I want you to head this way. Demas is just the opposite. Demas has already surrendered. 
Demas has already stepped out by faith to follow God, and he's moving this way, but now he's turned his back on his labor. In other words, he's fixing to change the purpose of his life. Whatever purpose he had in serving God and serving in the gospel and, and getting the gospel to the lost and the dying, he's going to change that purpose, and now he's going to get a new purpose. And that doesn't tell us what his new job's going to be. But we know the old job he's not going to be doing anymore. Have you ever met somebody that says, I used to do such and such in a church? You ever met anybody like that? Well, this is what I used to do. I used to be involved in the work of the gospel. I used to be involved in it. Hey, can I say tonight, if you're even thinking of moving that way, I, I want to say tonight, hey, I want to say it. Oh, if I could shout it loud enough to make it reverberate all the way down into your heart, I'd do it. It is a privilege and an honor to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not a step down to leave a job or to leave corporate America or to take and say, all right, I'm going to move from South Carolina and I'm going to go to the Philippines and I'm going to... That is not a step down. It is a privilege to serve Jesus Christ. If you teach a Sunday school class, that is a privilege. Listen, if you have a ministry on the radio, if you go out and you minister in a nursing home or the jail or wherever, at Hope Ministry, you know, I, we, we don't measure the value of a ministry by the number of people involved. We measure the value of the ministry on whether or not God says it's something valuable and he's interested in the souls of men. If you're involved in vacation Bible school, it's a privilege. Right. If you get to preach the Bible, it's a privilege. And you know what Demas is going to do? Demas is walking with Paul, and he says, you know what? I'm going to forsake that privilege and opportunity. I'm going to go do something else. Now, I don't know what that's going to be, but I'm going to find another occupation. I'm going to find a way to pay my bills. I'm going to find a way to live, and I'm going to have a new purpose in my life. Oh, young people, I know our young people just got back from camp. Let me tell you something. All the time people ask young people, I had it asked to me, what are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to do when you get out of high school? You know what I tell you to do? The, the best way to answer that question is, I'm praying about it and I want God to tell me what to do with my life. Amen. That doesn't mean he's going to send you to the mission field or make you a preacher. He may send you to Clemson and get a degree and then you turn around and work in the marketplace and do something for God. Hey, I'm glad we had somebody who knew how to build a building. Right, right. All I'm just saying is you ought to ask God, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Because you'll never be more satisfied with your life than doing what God created you to do. He changed his purpose. He lost his purpose. He left it. And not only leave his purpose, but he also, he lost, he, he lost and left behind some precious people. Look down at verse number 11. Only Luke is with me. So Luke and Paul, they're still fellowshipping. But Demas, Demas is no longer in the crowd. Demas is finding a new group of people. I'm going to tell you, when you leave the purpose God gave you and you follow another purpose, you're going to find out there'll be a whole new group of people you'll be around. But I'm going to say tonight, are you listening? Come on, Tabernacle. The best people you're going to find are right inside this building right here. These are going to be the people that are going to help to encourage your walk with the Lord. These are going to be the people that encourage you to have faith in the Word of God. We don't have people here that want to put doubt on the Bible. We have people here that want to encourage belief of the Bible. He left a very, I'm talk, listen, how many of you think the Apostle Paul would probably been a good man to hang around? How many of you think having a traveling physician like Luke, 
the beloved physician. How many think that would have been a good guy to be around? I mean, we have, we have some doctors in our church, Brother Atwood, Brother, Brother Cadio. How many of you think they're great guys? Especially when they treat you for free, right? Right. He's leaving those people. And when he leaves those people, he's going to find some new people. So when you take and you change your labor, you're going to find some new friends and you're going to find a new purpose, but you're not going to be better off for it. I would say you need to continue whatever purpose God called you to do in labor in that purpose. Amen. Secondly, Demas, Demas first his labor changed, and then I want you to see what next changed. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. His love changed. His labor changed, but then his love changed. Now, I don't know that necessarily went in that order, but I do know that his love changed. At one point, he must have loved Jesus Christ. Now, we're not told what he loved. I've heard men preach about that. This is what Demas loved. He loved luxury. He loved pleasure. We're not told what he loved. He loved home. He wanted to go back home. I don't know. We're not given in the Bible what he loved. But we do know this. Whatever he loved, he loved that more than he loved the Lord Jesus Christ and what God wanted to do with his life. His love changed. And I'm going to say this, boy, when your love starts changing, you better be careful. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, love not the world. Can I get an amen right there? Come on. The Bible says love not the world. You know the Bible says love not the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, you can't love the world and love the world system and the pride of life and the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes. You cannot love that and embrace that and embrace God at the same time. In fact, I'm going to say right now, I'm throwing the yellow flag on all these churches and preachers that say, hey, all you have to do is just love Jesus and that's enough. No, it's not. You cannot love the world and love God at the same time. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 that no man can serve two masters. Amen. Else he will hold to the one and love the other or hate the one. And I'm just telling you right now, you can't, hey, hey, you can't serve God and the world at the same time. And his love, his love is changing. His love is changing. Now, I don't know, I'm sure the devil deceived him into believing that he'd be better off changing the purpose of his life. I'm sure the devil deceived him, you'd be better off in changing what you love. I'm sure the devil tried to convince him, you, you need to love something else. You need to love this world. And if you'll love this world, you'll find out you'll be a whole lot happier. And all I would say is that the devil's a liar. In fact, let me read this to you. Psalm, when you talk about, well, maybe he just got, to, he, he, got, he enjoyed a new home. And he got, I heard a guy say this one time. He said that maybe, maybe Demas got to looking at Paul in that jail cell and got putting two and two together and said, this is where I'm going to end up in my life. I'm going to end up in the same place. If I stay with this man, this is how my life's going to end. Although I'd say it ended pretty well. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I kept my faith. Henceforth, there's laid up a crown of righteousness for me. And all I would say is when, when you start thinking, well, if I love the world and I give my heart to, to riches and I give my heart to pleasure, then I'll be happy. Psalm 39, 6, surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. You know what? You lay up stuff down on this earth, you never know who else is going to have it when you leave this earth. The Bible says that in 1 Timothy 6, 7, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Boy, I'm going to say that again. Hey, you didn't bring anything with you and you're not taking anything with you when you leave. It's all going to stay right here. 
Ecclesiastes says it this way. Ecclesiastes, the wisest man said, yea, I hated all my labor. How many could say, I hate my labor too? I don't like, I hated all my labor which I had taken on the sun because I should leave it under the man that should be after me. I'm doing all the work. He's going to enjoy all the benefits. Ecclesiastes 5.15, as he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came and shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away in his hand. I had an uncle, and uh, my uncle, he uh, bought a, a set of wicker furniture. I remember it so vividly. We went and visited him in, in his home there in Chattanooga, and he brought my brother and I up, and he showed us this wicker furniture. And he had taken this wicker furniture that was very old, and he had it refinished and recovered and everything repainted. And he, and he got to tell us how much it cost, which it cost a lot of money to do that. And, and that wicker furniture sat there, and then here's what he said. He said, and I've told my children that when we leave this world, we're leaving all this wicker furniture to them and that they can't sell it. You know, you can leave it to who you want to, but you have no control of it after that. While this has been in our family for 150 years, it may have been 150 years, somebody might come along and sell it to the highest bidder for what they can get out of it. You can't take anything with you. But you know what you can do? Are you like, hey, you know what you can do? You can lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. You can lay up treasure where moth doesn't cor corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. Hey, I'm glad I'm part of a missions-minded church every week of the year, every month of the year. We are sending money to get the gospel around the world. And I know the devil will tell you, you're wasting your money. He's a liar. You're going to get to heaven and say, oh, I wished I would have invested a whole lot more. Demas. Demas, his love changed. Can I say this? Before he ever left, are you listening to me? Before he ever left Paul, his heart left. The Bible says in Acts chapter 7 that in their hearts they turned back to Egypt. Before they ever went that direction, they already turned back in their heart. I've seen it happen so many times at church. You know, somebody stops working in a class, somebody stops working here, and slowly but surely they get cut off from what they used to do. And then they stop giving. The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And usually you can go back and a man that finally says, well, we're leaving the church, my family and I, we're leaving the church, we're dissatisfied, we, we don't like the preaching, we don't like the people, it's not a friendly place. They left a long time ago. Their heart left long before they ever left the building. I remember my youth pastor, he brought his family and they came and they sat on this, about the second or third row there at Sweet Springs. And my goodness, it was so good to see him. That's my youth pastor that I shot right between the eyes with a BB gun. You say, why did you do that? He had me hemmed up in a cave and I was too ignorant to know that if you're in a cave that all the fireworks being thrown down and all the, all the bullets going down there, is, it's a wrong place. You don't want to be in a cave. So I accidentally hit him right between the eyes. He really, he said, now, Joel, you come here. And I, my, my youth pastor chased me all over the woods and finally said, stop running, stop running. <laughs> but he showed up on that pew right there, he and his family, and his boys both had girlfriends with them. And one of, their, one of those girlfriends got born again. They came back the next week and they were moved back a little bit farther. And, and, and you know, I'd gone and I'd talked to him and I knew he had some problems. And, and, and then the next week they moved back a little bit farther. They're all there. And I believe the other girlfriend, she got born again. And the next week his family was sitting on the back row. And I can still see him. The doors were open just like those doors back there. 
and he was sitting in a metal chair and he was out there in the foyer and that's the last time he ever was in the church. Because I think he left long before he ever sat here. There's a lot of people that leave in their heart long before they ever leave. And I'm telling you, Demas somewhere got to believing in the lie of the devil that it would be a whole lot better if you would just give your heart to the world. Come on, somebody help me. It would be a whole lot better for you to leave your heart with Jesus than it would be to give your heart to the world. The pleasure of this world, the lust of this world, the promises of the devil are hollow and empty. That's not my, my God makes promises that he always brings to pass. Amen. You're not going to find satisfaction there, but you sure can find satisfaction with Jesus. Well, Demas, Demas, his love changed. His love changed. Then if you look back there in verse number 10, another thing that changed his location changed. you see that? The Bible says, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica. I've heard people say that, well, the reason he went to Thessalonica was to go to church. I, I don't know that I believe that. He could have. There was a church in Thessalonica. But he could have stayed with the Apostle Paul. And all I'm just saying is that once he changed his labor and once he changed his love, now he's going to change his location. He's going to change where he is. He's going to change the church he's in. Hey, can I, can I say something to you tonight? I, this, I know this is homecoming. I, I, would, I tell you what, be careful of changing your location from a Bible-believing church to one that doesn't believe the Bible. For any reason. Well, you know, I, I, I didn't get to serve on this committee or nobody, you know, got, nobody gave me this opportunity or there's not a Sunday school class for me or what. I, I'm just going to tell you, hey, hey, before you leave a Bible-believing church, you better make sure it's God the one telling you to depart. Don't leave it. Don't leave it for any reason. And yet, Demas, I'm sure he changed his location. I'm certain he changed his church. He may have changed his job, which he certainly would have done. He's no longer serving the gospel. Now he's doing something else. I'm sure he changed his home, his friends. Everything changes. Everything changes. And not for, the be not for the better. The devil's real good at changing locations on people and using that. Can I remind you that when... The Holy Ghost led Jesus Christ into the wilderness. That while he's in the wilderness, Satan takes him and moves him from the wilderness into a high mountain. You say, why would he do that? So he could gain an advantage. He then takes him from the wilderness and puts him on the pinnacle of the temple. So why would, why would the devil do that? Because changing a location gave him an advantage. He's no longer where the Lord led him to. Now he's in a different place. I've seen it happen so many times. A dear friend in Alabama. Boy, they came out of a, they came out of a church, a Baptist church that was liberal, and he didn't like the way it was going, and they brought his, he brought his whole family, and he was so fired up, and oh, he got in the pulpit. He'd talk about the Lord. He was so, he was so thrilled to be in a Bible-believing church, and, and his job was really very difficult. And one day he came to me and he said, Pastor, I'm taking a new job. I never prayed with him about it. I said, man, um, well, that's great. He said, there's one catch. I said, what's that? He said, I'm going to have to miss one Sunday a month. And I said, don't do it. Don't take a job and take your family away from what God's been doing in their life. 
and I can remember him saying, he said, Pastor, listen, it's just going to be one Sunday a month. That's all. One Sunday a month. And it, it's with a heart, heartbroken tears, I'm telling you. When they left the church, he was coming only one Sunday a month. The location changed. The people that he had in his life changed. Everything starts moving a different direction, and now what has been settled and set before him is different. So now he's moved down the road, and I'm saying, hey, hey, the devil will lie to you. He'll try to get you to change your heart. He'll try to get you to change your location. Don't give in to the lies of the devil. Demas did. Well, that's, that's a terrible that's a terrible story we have about Demas, but you know we also learned about Marcus in that same ending chapter there with Philemon, and you say, well, what do I do about somebody that's moving that direction? What do I do for them? Could you write down three little quick things instead of just saying, well, I don't want to be a Demas, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want the devil to have me change my location, my love. I don't want him to change my my labor. What can you do for somebody that's being bent that direction? Here's the first thing. Pray for them. That's Luke 22. Luke 22, 32, Jesus looked at Peter and he said, Peter, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. You know what I would tell you? When somebody starts bending the wrong direction, when somebody starts losing the love they had, when they start losing the purpose they had, you know what I'd tell you we ought to start doing for them? We ought to start praying a whole lot more for them. Come on, church, we ought to pray more for them. Ends up being one of your children, you're going to want somebody praying for them. Ends up being your spouse, you're going to want somebody praying for them. Jesus said, I'm going to pray for you. Here's the second thing. Second thing, not only pray for them, but restore them. Galatians chapter 6 says that we're to restore. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. How many believe that's as much Bible doctrine as John 3, 16, that God so loved the world? Restoration is just as much Bible as salvation by grace through faith. Restoration takes time. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. That's overtaken in a fault. But you know what he says? Considering thine own self, lest thou also be tempted. You know what I'd say? Hey, one of the things you and I need to remember before you start throwing rocks, you and I could be just in the same situation they're in. In fact, Galatians chapter 6, Paul said, I am crucified unto the world and the world unto me. You know the best thing you could do? Crucify yourself to the world and let the world be crucified unto you. I don't, I don't need what the world has to offer. I don't need the pleasures that they have to offer, the joys they have to offer. I don't, need a, I don't have to have a boat, a yacht, a cabin, a car. I don't have to have any of those things. Nothing wrong with them. I'm satisfied with Jesus. Amen. But consider yourself. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Well, there's a lot of people that are broken and hurting outside of places they used to sit, just like Demas. You know, they need, they need somebody like Barnabas was to Mark. I think Barnabas helped Mark and didn't just throw him away. I think Barnabas worked with Mark 16 years later from the time he left the Apostle Paul. 16 years later is when Paul writes in the same passage, bring Mark for he is profitable for me in the ministry. It's a long time to work with somebody. So we can pray for them, we can restore them. And then here's the last thing I'd say. Be slow to condemn them.
How many of you think gossip's a sin? If you pass a story and you don't know it's true, you shouldn't be passing that story, should you? No. Do you know what you don't read about Demas? You don't ever read about where God judged his life. You don't read about whatever he may have suffered afterwards. There's no comment. There's no commentary. Demas goes out after the world. And all we know is he probably suffered, yes. He probably had heartache, yes. He probably had regret, yes. But we don't know what happened. All we know is that this is the last thing that's said about him and is departed unto Thessalonica. They brought that woman taken in the act of adultery in John chapter 8. Taken in the act of adultery. The act of adultery. And they brought her in front of Jesus while he was teaching in the synagogue and set her in front of him and said, Moses in the law saith, what do you say? And Jesus didn't pay him any attention. He just wrote on the ground. You say, what did he write? Don't know. We'll find out one day, but we wrote on the ground. And then they, 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 they kept asking him. He wrote on the ground again, and they all went out from the oldest to the youngest, being convicted in their heart. And he turned around, and he looked at that woman, and he said, Woman, where are thine accusers? And she said, No man, Lord. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I'd say that's the grace of Almighty God right there. Now, he didn't say, he didn't just say, neither do I condemn. He said, go and sin no more. He recognized it as sin. But here's what he said, neither do I condemn you. He told those men, ye which without sin, let him cast the first stone. If you've got such a pure life compared to this lady taken in the act of adultery, you go ahead and you grab the first stone and you go ahead and be the first one to throw it. And I'm just saying, be careful about condemning. We never know all the circumstances surrounding someone's life. We have no idea what Demas went through here. All we know is that Demas, his labor changed and his love changed and his location changed. You know, I hope, I hope we get to heaven and we find out that somewhere down the road, Demas got turned back around. Wouldn't that be a blessing? I mean, can you imagine walking up to Demas and saying, oh, Demas, I read about you. He said, yeah, I sure do regret that's in the Bible. But can I tell you this? A year after that was written, it just broke my heart so bad, kind of like Peter. I went out and wept bitterly. I got right, and I just want you to know, <laughs> I spent the rest of my days serving Jesus. Because somebody prayed. Somebody kept trying to restore. And the brethren didn't go ahead and put him out of their misery and stone him to death. I think it's a good pattern to follow. Now, I'm going to say again tonight, I don't want to be Demas. How many of you think that you have a propensity in your heart to have your heart changed as well? Do you think you do? You think, you think the world could change your heart and you could love something more than you love Jesus? Maybe lay down your labor and say, you know, I'm just going to stop working. I'm going to let somebody else do that. Then here's what I'd like you to do tonight. Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight somebody would get on an altar and just say, Lord, please help me. Help me not to be a Demas. I don't want to forsake you. I don't want to leave you. And as these are moving, let me ask you this. How many of you know somebody in your life, listen, in your world, in the orbit of your life, that maybe you could reach out to? 
maybe you could be the person to begin praying for them. Some of you, I know somebody prayed for you or you wouldn't be here tonight. I know somebody loved you or you would not be here, even when you were wrong, even when you were away. Maybe tonight you'd get on an altar and you'd say, God, God, please help me, help me to pray for them and to try to restore them. And maybe you could get this thing turned around. Stand to your feet if you would. Brother Ken's going to play, Sister Judy. We're going to spend a little time praying. And uh, maybe you could pray for somebody that's far away. That song says, I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin, too long I've trod. Now I'm coming home. Oh, that God would take and touch some demises in our world and our lives. Amen. Let's be dismissed. There's folks praying. We're going to let them pray on. Turn to page 233. This is the solution. Brother Hobart's going to lead us. Page 233 while we still have our folks praying here at the altar. Go ahead, Brother Hobart. More love to Page 233, let's sing that. Once earthly joy I crave, sought peace and rest. Now the alone I seek, give what is best. This all my prayer shall be.
ought to love him more. Amen. Never, un, ne, never putting your heart in the wrong place when you're loving Jesus. All right. If you would, if you would, Brother Jonathan, when do you guys go back? Third or fourth. So will we see you anymore? If you want to get by and see him, that would be great. Mrs. Marley, when do you go back? You go back Tuesday. If you want to get by and see Christina's mom and, uh, and let her know you appreciate her being here. And I'm looking around, making sure I don't miss anybody else tonight. Scott has asked if you have any books that you'd like to give away. <laughs> no. If, if some of you men can help, we need to move the bookshelves out of the library. There's no books on them. Those have already been moved. We need to move them out of the library into the Rose Room, that area where all the dessert was, so we can get carpet going down there in the library tomorrow. So if you could do that, we sure would appreciate that. All right? All right. How many of you happy in Jesus today? Amen. Amen. How, many, how many hope he comes home or comes before you get home? Wouldn't that be good? I read that today in Hebrews. He can, he can do it. God bless you. You're dismissed. <clears throat>